All right, guys, welcome to Thinking Man Business Labs and another episode here. Today, we're lucky to have uh, one of Australia's uh, top entrepreneurs. I know we use that term quite loosely these days, but this guy is an actual uh, entrepreneur and he's been uh, proven to be doing that for the last 15, 20, 20 years, maybe more. Um, and he is joining us from uh, his office and he has also recently acquired the Hawks um, as well. So we're going to have a chat today about all things, all things sport, all things business and um, welcome. Welcome, Dory. How are you? Thank you. Good, mate. How are you? How are you, Pete? You well? I'm well. I'm well. I'm going well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't complain for a Friday, so uh, this is my last appointment for the Friday, so oh, I've got the afternoon off, so I'm all right. Unlike you, it sounds like you've got a full it afternoon. It doesn't, it doesn't stop. So it doesn't stop. It's, it's uh, always a challenge of uh, putting yourself out of your comfort zone and just keep on, keep on you know, doing what you do. So. Yeah. So let's, let's, talk, let's talk about that. Let's talk about um, comfort zone for... Yeah. Um, a little bit because when people get into business for them for themselves and I've been in business for myself for the last 13 14 years um, and it was always a real struggle from my wife's perspective if, if I'm being honest that, that working for yourself is a very difficult difficult thing because there's bills to be paid um, cash flow sometimes goes up and goes down and there's scary times mm-hmm. there's um, you know people get jealous there's there's threats there's all that sort of stuff that you've got to, that you've got to worry about how do you how do you manage that yourself? Um, look, you know, it's, yeah, you know, it, it's definitely hard work. Um, you know, you, you've got to be a self-starter. Yeah. Um, I've always focused on, you know, within myself is that, um, you know, you know, with success always is going to come a lot of negatives that, that come your way. And that's just, that, that's just the nature of the beast. You know, you know, when you are, when you start your business, you know, yeah, I think it's all about that, 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 that mental mindset of being prepared. Uh, for what comes ahead, and I think a lot of a lot of people aren't meant, aren't mentally prepared for success or the hard work. They see the end goal, or they see other people and what they've achieved, and saying, "Oh, well, I want that," but not realizing what it takes. Um, and, I, and and everything that I've done in business, I've always related it related to back to sport um, because that's one thing that I that I did growing up was playing sports at a young age. Um, I was you know played basketball, so so for me it was all about that, that mindset preparation, um, you know, it's going to take hard work and commitment. Um, but, you know, it, it's not going to happen easy. Um, so, look, for me, it's all about the mindset more than anything else uh, and it's being prepared for what's, what's, you know, what's going to happen and what's going to come your way. Fantastic, fantastic. And I totally uh, agree with that because, like you said, we're going to have bad months and we're going to have good months, but it's the mindset of saying, yeah, if I keep on doing this, just like training in a sport, if I keep on doing this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get better at it, and I'm gonna nail it sooner rather than sooner rather than later. But if I just put my, throw my toys out of the cot and and give up, it's just it's not gonna work, you know. Yeah. Like look, you know, and and look, yeah, and that's something that, that I've always that I've always said. Um, you know, even starting my business, it's it's about not overcommitting. Um, you know, if you're gonna make five dollars, don't spend ten dollars. You know, if you're gonna make ten, spend two, save eight. Because um, in, in any company, cash flow is, is probably the most vital thing that you can ever ever have. People, just, you know, it's too many people focus on turnover. But if you're not making profit, you don't have a business. Um, and and something's all about you know. Then you look at discipline. You know, discipline is a very important factor in business. Um, is having discipline when you start making money and building your cash flow and your foundation. That when you do have those bad months, 
that you've actually got cash flow that's brought you through those bad months. So not I've oh, grown up at two good months, I'm gonna go and spend it. Because you've months three, oh yeah, oh, oh, you know, I know I'm gonna I'm gonna do good. Um, so you've always got to, you always gotta be prepared for that for those downturns of business. Um, and 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 you know, and inside the economic uh, economy, you don't know what's gonna happen out there. So you you can't you know, who predicted COVID. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. that, you know. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a global pandemic that no one ever, you know, no one saw coming. But, and then the GFC, that happened 10, 12 years ago. Um, so if you're prepared for it, then you can you can always be on the front foot and dictate your terms instead of having having the world dictate terms to you. So that's, that's important. And how do you, how do, you do that um, strategically? Because I've worked with um, some startups in the startup scene and then, you know, they've got, um, what we call OPM, other people's money, um, yeah. and then they get valued at twenty million dollars, and then that goes to I've seen it go to their head, and I'm like, guys, this is just a piece of paper at the moment. You're not you're generating revenue, but you're not actually making any money. Um, let's talk about your margins, like you said. Let's talk about your cash yeah. flow. They're the two most important things to me in a business is what your margins are and um, what your cash flow is, um, because I mean, if you're if you're running at a margin of one percent, you know. <laughs> One bad month, and you're going to go. You're going to go out of business, oh, right? So, um, uh, how how have you managed to do that through these through these tough times for you and your and your business? Um, and look, that's what, that's what I said earlier. It's you know, it's being prepared uh, for us. You know, in, in my in my companies that I run, I've always I've always run a tight ship. I, you know, no matter you know, no matter if the economy's boom, I've always run a tight ship. I haven't gone out there and, and gone crazy and overspent. Uh, for me, it's all about the cash flow and, and building a good cash flow re- of reserve that you can sustain these downturns. So, um, and when you run a and when you run a lean business because you understand your business, then you don't have to shed. And, and what you find in, in a lot of tough times, people are shedding staff to balance their books again. But um, I've, I've always every, every staff member that I've had, I've always kept a, a very tight business and never had excess staff for the sake of having excess staff or saying, hey, we've got. 50 staff because we look big. Um, yeah. For me, it's how do, I, how do I generate the revenue on six staff instead of 10 staff? How can I get my staff to be more, more multitask? How can I be more proactive? Or how can I, how can I steer them better where, where we, can, we can get away with having extra staff? So it's all those basic principles uh, in, in the way I think about business. Um, you know, that, that comes down to not, not having an ego. Based on your turnover, based on on how many staff you've got, it's just um, it's based on your bottom line, and that's for me. It's being sustainable, uh, and and you don't build sustainability of twenty years of business yeah, exactly. by making a lot of by making a lot of bad decisions. And that's you know I've made bad decisions, don't get me wrong, but it's about making making bad decisions that are going to cost you a lot. Yeah, sure. And they're, and they're lessons that you learn from. Of course. Uh, and, um, yeah. And we've all we've all we've all learned that we've all learned certain things um, the hard the hard way. Um, but I've always said operational operational excellence is 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 not a strategy. It's a business as usual task. And I've, often people put it in a twelve month plan. They say, "How are we going to become operationally better in the next six months?" Well, you don't want to become operationally excellent in the next six months. That's what you want as a yeah. business as usual task. Um, whereas sometimes yeah. they just use it as a strategy for six months and then they just let it go the next six to twelve months after that. And I've seen a lot of businesses fall into that trap where they concentrate on it really hard yeah. for six months and then forget about it. For me, it's good, for me, it's good habits. And if, and if you teach yourself good habits, they're going to stick with you. And yeah. it's like a kid, you know, it's, you know, if you've got a, you know, if you've got a, a kid and you, you know, and, and you discipline them right, 
you know, at a young age, which I was by my parents, mm-hmm. uh, and, you, and, and you stick to that, then these are the habits that you're going to, and these are the traits you're going to have as a, as a human being when you get older. Sure. Um, so for me, you know, growing up in a middle class family, like, you know, I had no, no, no money in terms of my parents, you know, I had to work for it. So sure. my mindset is that every dollar that I make, I've got to make sure I don't lose that dollar. So right. my, so I, yes, so yes. What me was was on the fear. What drove me was on, you know, was on, was on the fear of, of, of losing. So that always kept me on, on the edge of okay, well, I need to make sure that I don't lose what I've built and and being in that mindset. So that's uh, that's important as well. And then that's over the years you've, you've always done that and you've done that well and it's given you other opportunities to do some things that you're passionate about like like basketball now uh, and in the, and in the past can you give us uh, you're obviously a basketball tragic right can you give us how, how much, an idea of how much of a tragic you are about basketball oh uh, you know i didn't learn my lesson the first time coming <laughs> to the second time around uh, right <laughs> look you know for me you know basketball's always been a part of my life uh, you know i played it growing up all my life i played it overseas for a short stint um so basketball for me has always been in my blood um it's sort of, you know, I would say the sport gave me the, uh, the, the business mindset that I have now because, mm-hmm. I, you, know, for, you know, I was a hairdresser by trade. I didn't have a degree in anything. You know, I failed my high school certificate. So for me, I had, I've got no education uh, other than my year part, failing my year 12 exam. And that, that's all I've had. Um, so all I could do is, is leverage off my, my sport, and that was basketball. So, you know, for me, it was about um, learning off that. So... Yeah, basketball's been in my DNA literally from, you know, from when I was eight. So I am a tragic. I am a tragic from that perspective. And, uh, <laughs> it's definitely, um, look, you know, it's probably the most challenging uh, thing that I've, that I've ever done, uh, without a doubt. But, you know, with that comes excitement, it comes opportunities, and it comes opportunities to build something, you know, from scratch, which is what we've got with the Hawks at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but, look, yeah, from my end, it's, uh, you know, give back to something that's given you, and, you know, and, and, and see what we can do, you know, with the Illawarra region and, and how we can make this a, a model where it's going to be sustainable and it's going to be profitable. Uh, and that's you know, something that, that I'm focusing on is how do we make this a sustainable model that it can be here. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I'm sure, there's a, lot of, I'm sure there's a lot of teams that, um, if that does happen, that could use that as a model for other sports and all that sort of stuff because a, a lot of sports teams aren't, aren't profitable in general. Um, it's yeah. not. It's not something you you generally go into to make uh, millions and millions of dollars because no. the proof's the proof's not there that it's that it that it's that it is pro- that it, that profitable. So, um, what do you do when you actually have something like that that you're so passionate about? Like you said, you're a tragic, and you know they you know, the, the, the old saying: um, find something you love and you never have to work a day day in your life. But sometimes you can love something too much and. Your, your your brain makes decisions based off your passion rather than um, your your business yeah. mindset. How do you how do you detach that now? Um, look, I, I've, I've always detached that. Um, it's you know I don't make decisions based on on emotion, and that's important. Uh, you know, every decision you make has to be a logical one as well. So um, as much as it's, you know you know I'm a passionate basketball advocate, um, you know I won't look at it based on emotions, I think you know, that's the first thing you can do by making, you know, making a mistake is, is making emotional decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it wasn't an emotional decision 
to get back into it. It was more like, you know what, this is an opportunity. Um, I knew the club that, that, that needed you know, help. It, it, it's gone through its third, uh, third ownership group and into administration. I'm like, well, if I'm going to ever get back into it, this is going to be the opportunity that, I, you know, that, that we're going to you know, that we're going to you know, have a crack at trying to turn this around, and, and that's and that's you know, and you know, at times opportunities get presented, and mm. it, it comes at the timing, and, and I think you know it was all about the timing that we had here, which was which which worked well. Okay, so how do you how do you see that evolving now over the next six to twelve months? What, what's what's you've obviously got plans in place, um, plans in place now. It's obviously COVID's put a a big a, a yeah. big spanner in the works. Um, you probably would have been further ahead where you where you want to be if it if it if it didn't happen. But what 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 do we expect to see for the Hawks over the next six six to twelve months? What sort of changes and things look like you know that. for us for us first and foremost is getting stability uh, you know like we've got to get we have to get our, our feet settled uh, we've been going now for three and a half weeks so you know we've hired you know Brian Gorgian uh, which is which is a great win for us as a, as a club um, you know we, we're trying to get our, our youth back you know the, the players that were there last year to get them uh, signed first and foremost um, then also you know getting our Getting our staff back on board. So this year, this year is more about re-engagement. That's important, and I think there was a lot of detachment from the club and the um, and the local community, not based around the staff that were there, but based around the previous ownership. And the main is how do we how do we connect with, with the community and how do we show them that we're here for them. Um, and that's something I did a couple weeks ago. I was out, spent a few days down going on, and I began that next week for another another two two three nights. Um, and just reconnecting uh, with, the, with the community. So I think, you know, Wollongong itself and the Illawarra region, there's a lot of people that, that are very passionate about courts. I've said all along, you know, we need to reconnect and we need, you, we need your help and support to get back out there, watch games and invest into your club. Um, so for us, it's building the foundation uh, and the trust, you know, amongst the community, um, you know, build a winning culture, uh, change the culture in a way the way uh, the Hawks have always been perceived, possibly um, the last ten years within within the league. You know, we don't want to be another another number. We want to be a competitive team, um, and we want to be respected on and off the court, and and, and, and to and to show the league and the, and the fans that you know we are building a professional organisation. This is where where we need to go. Uh, sure. and that's important. Sure, um, I'm I'm from Wollongong myself, so yeah. um, obviously it's. Um, it's wonderful to see someone with your business now take take over, and, and obviously there's some hard decisions that you've that you've already made. Just like um, some of the some of the home games, we talk we're talking about community and all that sort of stuff. What do you what do you have to say to um, some of the people that have probably made some rash I guess rash comments around moving some of those some of those games and what the thought process yeah. was behind that? Look, you know, look from our perspective. You know, I've always said this from day one when he came you know, with the media. I said, you know, our, our DNA is, is the Illawarra region. It's a you know, 41-year history of, of being in that region. Like, that's not going anywhere. Uh, mm. The snake pick, the snake pick is where it all started. Yeah. That's why yeah. I played. I played against the Hawks growing up. Yeah. At the snake pick. So, uh, you know, I'm more very familiar with with with, uh, with the snake pick, and that's yeah. not going to change. You know, with, you know, for us, is our base is going to always be there. Um, but, you know, what we're going to look at um, is, you know, is 14 games too many for that region? And I hope it isn't. You know, we need, 
you know, 5,000 plus people, four and a half, 5,000 people at every game. Sure. Then it becomes a viable model. Um, you know, you had, you had, you know, Mellow Ball there last year, who's going to probably be number one draft picker, if not a top three. And yet the average attendance was 3,200 a game. But then again, you know, you can say there are Monday night games or too many games close back to back. You know, so my aim is that, you know, I know, I know the last couple of years I had a couple of games in Canberra, which worked well. So, you know, you look at expanding there. I know now the Palace um, has shut down. Uh, but our intentions are always to play a majority of our games and maybe take one, two games in a row. Yeah, okay. um, but, but, you know, if, 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 the, um, if the fans can get out there and we can, you know, get our averages up to 5,000 plus a game, well, then we'll play every game in the region. Uh, but we need to explore it with fresh eyes and see, you know, is, is a model, you know, right for 14 home games. When Hobart comes in, there could be 16 home games. Mm. Is 16 home games too many for, you know, for, for that region to host? I hope not. I hope we can, you know, we can maintain a good, a, a good, um, a good attendance. Um, and that's important. Yes. No, no, yeah. So, you know, from mine, we're here to stay. We're not, we're not shipping a license to another another town. It's not part of our, yeah. our goal or agenda. And that's really, that's really comforting, um, comforting to hear. But also, it's also um, a little bit of a kick in the ass for supporters that say, hey, we haven't got a team. There's always people that want to speak up and say, We've lost our soccer team. We've lost our rugby league team. Um, all that sort of stuff. And but then again, they're not the ones that are attending. And I've talked to friends. Sometimes they, they, they sit there and we're sitting over the barbecue and they say, "Do you hear what they're doing with the what they did with the Laura Steelers?" And we only get blah 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 home games. And I said, "Guys, you haven't been to a game in four years. What's your excuse? Be, yeah. you're, you're part of the problem." Yeah, which is what I said. I said, "Guys, you know, buy tickets, get out there, invest in your club." Mm. And, and then, and then, while you know, and, and if you look at if you look at the Dragons and the Steelers, you know that that amalgamation, that amalgamation happened for what reason? It happened because the attendance went there. Mm. Um, I know I had a good chat with, with Ryan Webb, who's the CEO of the Dragons uh, down in Wollongong. Um, their training facilities are down in Wollongong, and their operations up at Cobra, uh, mm. and they mix their games between both stadiums. Yeah, and, you know, they're they're an hour apart. Um, and if, you know, and that's if that model works in, in, in that way, well, then it works. Um, you know, our aim is, you know, our aim is that we want to make this a sustainable model, and for it to be sustainable, you've got to at least break even as a business. Uh, you can't keep losing, you know, millions of dollars every year because that's not a sustainable model. That's right. And that's just re- that's just reality. Um, yes. I, don't, I don't care how much someone's worth. You don't want to keep throwing money away or something. So. It has to be a sustainable model. That's with any business you look at, whether it's you know, whether it's, it's it's a corporate business or, or, or a cafe, uh, you have to at least break in, uh, and that's just a simple. It's, there's no rocket science to it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. you need to get out there and buy tickets and support your club. Very and simple. To, to anyone listening, to all my friends, all, all the corporate friends in Wollongong, um, if they did want to. Uh, reach out for sponsorships and stuff like that. Is there, um, is there those avenues already ready set up? Uh, look, they, they'll, they'll, they'll be up and running in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're okay. engaging, we're engaging our staff very soon. Uh, commercial operations and media, and so forth. So they're all there. They're all keen to get started again. Sure. But you know, it's it's a process. We can't just sort of, you know, from day one just re reappoint everyone. Like, you know, we still need to, you know, we still need to build a roster. We don't have any players signed yet. 
we're very close to signing three to four players. That will come soon. But, you know, we're working very hard to sign players. So there's a lot of balls that we need to sort of start juggling right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but very soon we'll have we'll have uh, the offers on the way. That's great. That's that's great. It's great to hear, and um, it's great to hear how you how you juggle um, a passion and also a business at the same time, and how you can take um, the emotion emotion out of it. Because a lot of people have gone um, gone downhill because of having too much passion yeah, yeah. over time. Yeah, look, and, and, that, and that's important. That's yeah, it's important to be able to differentiate those without a doubt. Sure. And if we're talking about um, business for you, how do you see the next couple of years for you? What 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 are some of the goals? Besides, is it more the more the hawks? that you're going to be concentrating on or you've got others? Uh, all of them, I guess. You know, we've got our marketing and merchandise business. Uh, we've got a soft company as well. Uh, you know, for me, it's all about having all companies succeed and, and, and spread yourself across all three. Uh, obviously, the Hawks will take up a bit of time as a starting point, uh, but we want to get the right stuff in place that they can take off that workload and just oversee and just be more practically engaged within the community and corporate sponsors and and people, so we want to be more. I want to be more engaging from that perspective. Sure. Um, but look, you know, for me, it's you know, we, we are going through COVID. It's there's a lot of unknown, so it's you know, it's um, it's just making sure that, that that everything is going to tick right, and that means it's going to take more of your time because you're going to you've got to make sure that you're making the right decisions. Yeah. Um, but look, if, right now for me, it's it's doing what I do every day, day and day. It's just yeah. sort of coming to work and. Yeah. And we start, you know, and you start your day and it doesn't stop and you keep stop. going and, right. and it's, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's part of the parcel. It's, it's like, uh, it's, it's, it's a bit like when, when I first started, I remember um, 13 years ago, I started an online, just an online, online business sort of making money off banner ads. Um, it went before banner ads were all clickbait and all that sort of yeah. stuff, right? And um, I remember like 10 years later when I started becoming successful online and was started coaching people and mentoring people and all that all of a sudden everyone said, Pete, where did you learn that? What have you been doing? I said, you're the guy that laughed at me when I started the, when I started yeah. this thing. And um, I, I was a, you know, uh, overnight, overnight success, but I wasn't. I was a 13 year grinding it out before I became very successful. And that's what people don't see. Like you said, they want to see yeah. the rosy, the shiny car. They want to see um, the successful people that you get to talk to and liaise with and all that sort of stuff. But that doesn't, just happen and it doesn't come and that's not what you should be searching for you should be searching for growth of your business and where you're going to get better and i've had great mentors in my life that i've actually paid money for yes paid money for to do that because i think that's how i've grown a lot and with those mentors came came connections and came 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 deals and all that all that sort of stuff and i think people underestimate that when they start out in business that they they don't know it all and they can grow they they need to grow so um, that's true that's important have you, ever, have you ever used mentors yourself or you, has it always been just? Uh, look, for me, look, you know, honestly, a lot of mine has been self-taught. Yeah. Self, self, self-taught out of my experience. But look, in terms of, in terms of mentors, everyone's been my mentor. Um, you know, from my sporting, meeting, you know, spending time with, you know, people like Dwayne McLean when I was young. Wow. Um, <laughs> what a blast from the past. <laughs> I was 16, I was 16 and, and, and watching him at the Kings and going out with him and spending time with him and our family. who carried themselves from a sporting perspective uh, in business. You know, when I was in sales and I had someone as a sales manager, to me, he was one who was like, wow, how can I be a sales manager? I want to pick right. his brain. So I pick, my, I pick a lot of people's brains socially. Sure. And, and, and for me, it's what you take out of it 
and yeah. then it's how you articulate it within yourself um, and then, then then you go for it so for me everyone's a mentor in a sense that everyone's going to teach you something it's asking, it's asking those questions yeah uh, and, 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 and just articulate it the way that you that you want to articulate it within your thought process and then and then recreating something that, that you believe in yeah um, and I, then, yeah yeah, sorry. Um, and I always say, always implement um, what you want and what's within your within your ethics and within what you think is required for you to do. Don't just you don't want to be a copy of somebody because there's only one you. And um, if you look at him and think you say, I want to be exactly like him, it's just not gonna it's just not gonna work. Um, you have to take you might take bits and pieces of everybody, and then you become who you are. Definitely. I think that's what, that's, what, that's what you've done over the years. Uh, what I try to um, teach some of the young guys when they're in um, small businesses like entrepreneurs that, are, that, have, that have got, you know, value, like I said, valuations and got other people's money and things like that. And then, you know, their burn rate becomes 100 grand a month. And I'm like, what is going on here? You've got yeah. a burn rate of 100, 100 grand a month. Like you're not making enough revenue to support that. That 20 mil is going to be gone in 18 months. You don't, What's the what's the story? Know, yeah, look, you know, that's why for me, it's just you know, when money comes easy, you don't appreciate it. And for me, yeah. having to work for your money, yeah, you appreciate <laughs> it because you realise that it doesn't grow in trees, and you know, it's it's all about making sure that you preserve what what you build and and don't make irrational decisions that are going to cost you dearly uh, that you can sustain. And for me, longevity in life and business is is worth more than a, than a quick spike. Um, and look, and you get you get companies that you know that will that will get capital and end up being a billion dollars, and that's that's great. And we read those in the papers, and we all know about those. Yeah. But there's thousands and thousands and thousands of ones that you don't know of. Yes. So everyone everyone reads that one article about that billion dollar unicorn company that's sort of gone off and done it. I yeah. want that, but you're not in realizing how they got there, what the back backbone by by what they've done to get them to that point. Or, or you know, or, or what their their position and and you know, and they're reading that and they're saying, "Well, oh, I'm going to go for that," but you don't realise um, there's been thousands that have failed doing that. Yeah. So, and you got to be realistic. It is, you have to be realistic, and it's really interesting. You know, when I when I work with some of them, some of them sometimes I have to say to the founder, "You're not the best person to run this business." I know you're the founder. I know you came up with the concept, I know you've got the funding, but you're not the best person to run this business. You've never been a CEO, you've never been an operations person, you've yeah. never managed staff. So they've got to let go at some point in time. And sometimes people have a difficulty letting go in certain aspects of business and not letting the experts do what, what they do best. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And that's, that's knowing you, you know, your capabilities and what you can do. Mm. That's important. Interesting. All right. Thank you very much, mate, for joining Thinking Man Business Labs. I really appreciate it. If you've Thank got you. one last thing to say to the listeners and viewers, anything? Um, come out and buy tickets and support the yeah. horse. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That's good. Um, but no, I appreciate your time. You yeah, right. and, uh, look, you yeah. Hopefully I've given some, some, some people some knowledge and some insight. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you very much. Thanks, Everybody, thanks, Dory. And, um, thanks, Pete. Appreciate we'll it. Catch you at a horse game. Cheers, mate. See ya.